Hey folks, and welcome to Typology, the show on which we explore the human personality through the lens of the Enneagram. So happy to have you here. My name is Anthony Skinner, your producer and co-host. Listen, today is a very special edition of our Typology podcast. Ian and I get into the topic of grief and how each Enneagram type expresses their grief. And this is really helpful. We're going to get into this on the show, but it's helpful because it will help you lock into and determine the way that you grieve for yourself, but also give help you give room for other people to grieve in the ways that they grieve. So I think it's going to be really helpful for every number, all who listen. We have all experienced grief of all kinds. It comes in many different ways. So glad you're here. Thanks for listening. That's it for me, Anthony Skinner. And now here is your host, Ian Cron. Hello, Typology Tribe. Ian Morgan Cron, host of this show on which we explore the mystery of the human personality and the oddness of Anthony Skinner's life. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We uh, are here again this week with a uh, show uh, that we hope will help you better understand yourself through the lens of the Enneagram. Mm -hmm. Anthony, buddy, what is up? Ian, how are you doing? Man, I am good. You know, uh, yesterday we celebrated the anniversary, or I should say the patron saint of San Miguel de Allende, which is the archangel uh, St. Michael. Mm -hmm. And... I don't know if you know this about the Mexican culture, but parades and fireworks at every given <laughs> opportunity. I love it, man. We we need some more of that up here in North America. Seriously, it it sounded last night like we were under a bombardment of some mm -hmm. kind because there's a law actually that you can start uh, letting off fireworks at 4 a.m. <laughs> That's true. I love fooling. that. That's awesome. Yeah. And check this out. Where do you think they set these explosions off? And next, I mean, they're explosions. Next to your window. These are, no, no, no. In the courtyard of all the cathedrals in the city. So it's not like, you know, That's it's amazing. People, it's like a churches. They're like blowing up the square. It's And then the parades. I mean, I've never seen anything like it anywhere in the world. Anyhow, wow. we got to get down to business here. Yes, we do. So, you know, a couple of things I want to say. Uh, recently, you lost your mother. She passed away, right? Mm -hmm. And the there's, of course, sadness and gladness with that because you got to celebrate, what was it, 90 what? How many years? 95 years. 95 years. And I always tell people, whether we're on the show or whether we're in person, that whenever you imitate your mother, that you're not exaggerating. <laughs> whenever you do the voice, right? You were going to say something. Were you going to say something? <laughs> I was going to say, darling, Anthony, you know I love it when you talk about me. Yeah, and you would imagine maybe there's maybe there's there's 2%, but no, you're, it's, it's, you're not exaggerating at all. I mean, she was a force. Um, so... Obviously, there's some sadness around her passing, uh, but also gladness that she lived a full life and lived as long as she did. Um, but you, you know, you just recently went through this whole process of of her passing, of holding a memorial service. Um, you guys had just moved to Mexico. Uh, you had to kind of pivot and jump into this whole thing. You sort of oversaw the whole service and everything. 
And um, so we started talking about this, what you're going through, and we thought, you know, let's talk about the Enneagram and grief. And the first thing that we did, which this is a little, a bit of a commercial too, but it's, I want to reach out to our, to our, you know, broad listeners here. We have something that's really cool. It's called the Typology Institute membership. And every month they get a, a number of really special things, two of which are a podcast you and I do for them. And then we have a town hall where we discuss what we talked about in the podcast. Well, we did one for our TIM members on grief and the Enneagram. And um, we felt like we should sort of bring that here to the folks at large. So we want to today to to cover grief for everyone here. And um, yeah. Yeah, I think uh, the, the motivation is this. Mm-hmm. This is was a topic for a private podcast just yes. for our Trinity, our Typology Institute members. Uh-huh. But I think because of the the help uh, that it could offer to mm-hmm. a broader audience, like understanding how each type grieves and what they need mm-hmm. uh, in that season of grief, it seemed to us to be like, oh, can we really just hold this for this group? Right. Uh, when it could help a broader group, anyway. I know our group, our Typology Institute people will be really happy that this went out to a broader audience uh, as a, you know, in a one-time kind of deal. So you ready to hop in? Let's do. So when we talk about grief, you know, yes, we can talk about the death of people who are uh, near to us, but there are so many other losses that arouse or awaken grief in us, right? So it could be not only the death of a person, but it could be the death of um, a pet, Gosh, there's a lot of grief associated with that. It could be the death of a life dream. Mm -hmm. Uh, It could be saying goodbye to a home or the end of a marriage Mm -hmm. or, you know, so, so many different things. Uh, So I want to just talk about the fact that each of these Enneagram types approaches grief differently. Mm -hmm. And uh, each of the Enneagram types needs to watch out for certain things and ways to meet their own needs and seasons of grief. Now, why is this important? Well, one reason is that sometimes people feel like that there's only one way to grieve. Right. And it causes a lot of misunderstanding and heartache if you start to judge other people for the way they're grieving because it doesn't look like yours. Yeah. I think that's right. one of the most, from the top, practical reasons to understand people's frame of reference and the Enneagram. And because you do tend to think, well, you should be doing this and you should be doing it this way. So yeah, that's some of the things we're going to get into. Yeah, for sure. And also, if you know the grief style of each of the Enneagram types, that means you can really uh, love, care for, uh, and serve that type mm-hmm. better, knowing what they need, mm-hmm. you know, in, in seasons of grief. So let's start with once. Yes. Shall we, the improvers? Okay. I think in times of grief that ones really want structure based on what they consider to be the right way to proceed, right? They want structure to make sure that that happens. Mm -hmm. And they want pretty clear directions and guidelines in order to make appropriate good decisions Mm. in times of grief. So for them, I think it's important uh, for them to allow forgiveness to uh, release themselves into acceptance of what's happened in the moment. Mm-hmm. Particularly for once, they need to realize that there is no single right way to grieve. Mm-hmm. And that, therefore, to bring acceptance and non-judgment to the table. 
mm-hmm. for other people. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they need to be careful of not judging themselves for not getting over the loss quickly or right. more quickly. Mm-hmm. And they're doers, man. Mm-hmm. Ones are doers. And so they need to make time to actually not do anything but grieve. Now, if you are a one on the Enneagram, you know that in stress, you go to the low side of four, you become more emotional, more mercurial, self-absorbed. You might privilege your own pain over the pain of others. Watch out for that because this is a season of stress. So watch out for that. Mm-hmm. Twos. Yes. So, you know, as you might imagine, twos want the approval of others as they decide a course of action. Uh, in response to grief, mm-hmm. right? Well, what do we do, right? Mm-hmm. They want to protect other people's well-being, particularly people who are close to them. And um, they're going to want to assure that their connection with loved ones uh, remains strong and they're, they're going to want to be needed, right? Mm-hmm. Now, in grieving, I think they need to allow other people to give to them. Yeah. Uh, and that's going to be real hard, man, because they have a hard time receiving help. They're going to need to pay attention to their own well-being and their own needs. Right. Right. And they too are doers. So they're going to need to stop doing for others and be there for themselves. Yes. And as hard as this is for twos, they're going to need alone time mm-hmm. or they're going to overfocus on the feelings and needs of others. Right. Which is... Two's typically more dialed into the feelings of others and they have a hard time maybe recognizing their own feelings. So this is extra special because other people are going to be feeling so much during this time. So they really do need to carve out some space to check in with themselves. Yes. And remember, when they're stressed, they go to the low side of eight where they're going to get maybe argumentative, right. maybe a little resentful that others aren't paying attention to them when right. they've been paying attention to everybody else. They might get domineering um, and overly blunt. Whatever it is, it's got to be careful going to the low side of eight. Just, just pay attention. Yeah. Right. You know, just uh, pay attention. Now, threes. Mm-hmm. I got to tell you, I'm a strong three wing, and I got to tell you, I've really leaned into this. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to say, I, I'm going to speak almost out of experience, even though I'm a four. I think I know a lot about how threes function mm-hmm. in the time of uh, of grief. Of grief, threes will automatically want to know. What what they have to do, what goals the, and and tasks need to happen. Mm-hmm. They're going to have an action orientation. They're going to want to know what to do. They're going to want a, an efficient task oriented process. Um, now, so let me give you an example. When I learned that my mom died, I mean within an hour, I got the funeral home on the phone. I got the cemetery on the phone. I uh, called about grave markers, uh, talking about to the the crematorium, uh, you know, we're getting the schedule, calling the family. I mean, I went into action mode. I have a list. I am in productivity and efficiency mode. Mm-hmm. I am not in feeling mode, honestly. Right. I'm not, feelings are not on my map. Now you might say, well, you know, mom's 95 and, you know, she died peacefully in her sleep and, you know, she had, you know, two lives in terms of fullness in one. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and I, it's not like I was unprepared. Mm-hmm. But the fact of the matter is I went into do mode mm-hmm. real fast, mm-hmm. you know, and four of four, that's interesting, isn't it? Mm-hmm. You know? So shame might come up uh, for the four, three if, if they didn't feel like they did enough for the person mm-hmm. they've lost, you mm-hmm. know, if they were too busy mm-hmm. to be there for that person in the past. Um, and, you know, what? they're going to need to slow down to really feel 
what's going on and yeah. not move on to the next project. Something you're right? something that you're highlighting there, backing up a few steps. Like I think you, what you expressed to me at one point was these personality types. This is where it worked for you, right? Like yeah. your three wing worked for you because it helped you, like you said, get into gear and knock out a bunch of things. I think one of the challenges would be it's not something you can like fix or like it's not something you can go through the checklist on. It's like grief isn't right. something you do. It's something you go through. Yeah. I'm so glad you said that. Yeah. That is, that is a huge statement for threes. Yeah. Grief isn't something you do. It's something you go through. Yeah. Boom. Yeah. That's what threes have to hear. Yeah. That is what threes need to hear. Uh, they need to, uh, I think, allow others to take charge, actually. Yeah. Uh, to realize uh, that, you know, as you said, right, there's this being versus doing thing, being right. with the grief, right, to be present to it. And then, uh, obviously, inspire others with compassion in the face of suffering, mm -hmm. you know, to be able to to be with other people. They got to yeah. watch when they go to the low side of nine. They may get more lethargic. They may get withdrawn. They may become depressed. So they're going to want to watch out for that happening, right? Fours. Yep. Well, it's interesting, right? You, of all the types, fours uh, are going to be very familiar with the with grieving, right? Mm -hmm. It's going to be something they really understand and they're actually pretty comfortable with. Mm -hmm. So what can happen for the four is then they can tap into their superpower of empathy and be a real uh, presence of healing, power for, of healing that they can bring to the equation for other people who are in the midst of suffering. They're going to want a deep level of emotional connection with other people in these times, mm -hmm. right? Um, they're going to need to focus on what is present and positive, if, if possible, in the process. Mm -hmm. Meaning, can they allow for a sense of gratitude for life? Can they realize that a sense of wholeness and love comes from experiencing what's in the flow of life, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and, and they're going to have to work on not withdrawing from other people. They're, they might have to be careful of turning toward being self-absorbed and thinking mm -hmm. their experience of grief is more intense than other people's feeling of grief. That's for an unhealthy four. You look like you're going to say something. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say, I remember my therapist telling me at one point, grief is a form of, I mean, uh, death is a form of rejection. Mm. And I was just was thinking about that for the four, like, uh, it could be. I mean, it is a form of rejection, death, someone dying. It's a, it is a form of rejection. And so just dealing with rejection, shame, um, I don't know. I just, I, I don't know, but popped into my head, like to be aware mm. if you're, it's not personal. It is personal, ah, but it's not personal. That's the important part. Yeah. Okay. And I would have said abandonment. Yes. Um, is that, is that what your therapist yeah, said? That's kind of, well, no, he said, he said it's a form of rejection. But I think it's, I think it's because it is abandonment. So it, therefore, yeah. right. And so understanding it's not personal. Uh, yeah. That this is just what, as I mentioned earlier, something that's a piece of the flow of life. Yeah. Um, and understanding that life is filled with filled with irreversibles. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And this is one of the great. This is the big irreversible is yeah. death. You know, mm. you, you know, you can't reverse the aging process. You, you, you know, it's just like, there's a, there's a bunch of irreversibles in life and this is the big one, right? Uh, can I tell it you is, something personal sure. right now? This is a little scary for me because, uh, my dad is 89, my mom is 88 and, uh, we just went through the selling of their farm or moving them here to Franklin, Tennessee. And we've been having these conversations and, um, 
so yeah it's like i kind of catch myself sort of <laughs> i'm sort of short in my breath as we went through that for the fours and mm. interesting thanks for sharing that man. i appreciate yeah. it Hey, everybody, if you've been listening to Typology very long, you know that I am a huge believer in the intensive counseling programs at Restoring the Soul in Denver, Colorado. So I am super excited to tell you that now through the end of 2023, Restoring the Soul is offering special discounts to Typology listeners. So if you are at a place in your life where you are really wanting to press into those challenging personal or relational issues that keep you from the life you want to be living. Listen to me. If you are in a season where personal or relational brokenness is weighing you down, now is the perfect time to contact Restoring the Soul. My longtime friend, and I'm talking 35 years, friends, Michael Cusick and his team of world-class therapists have created an intensive counseling process where you don't have to wait months or even years to find the personal or relational healing you need. Instead, you meet with them in half-day blocks over one or two weeks so you can get unstuck from the place you are to where you want to be. Now, Anthony, you have done one of these intensives with Michael Cusick and Restoring the Soul, right? Oh, man, I have. I love Michael. I got to be with him for a week. For me, he's like a counselor, meets spiritual director, and I would say he has razor-sharp perception, and he uncovered some things for me that were life-changing. I love that. So tell people about this incredible offer. Yeah, this is great. So right now, there's a special offer for Typology listeners only. Restoring the Soul is offering $1,000 off any counseling intensive that is booked before the end of the year and $2,000 off the regular price if you book and attend a counseling intensive in 2023. No. Yes. All right, so that's $1,000 off any intensive that's booked before the end of the year Mm -hmm. and $2,000 if you attend one of their programs in 2023. Yes, amazing. That's a huge break. That is a huge, huge break. So listen, friends, take advantage of this amazing opportunity by contacting Restoring the Soul at www.RestoringTheSoul.com. That's www.RestoringTheSoul.com. Okay, fives. Yeah. I think in grieving, type fives need to do their best to really stay engaged and mm-hmm. open-hearted, mm-hmm. to allow feelings and allow feelings in the moment, right? Uh, to let others see and connect to them as they grieve, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, I would encourage fives to to really receive the support and care from others that those others want to give to them, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and I think to to show the value of that inner knowing that life goes on Mm, like fours to not withdraw or this is a a danger for fives to become cynical. Mm. So remember four fives go to seven in stress, man, and they can get manic, unfocused, uh, skittering around from one thing to the next, you Mm -hmm. know, like not knowing what to do in what order, uh, their analytical thinking can become dulled or muted. Yeah. I was going to say, again, kind of similar to what we said about threes. I mean, but different. Like, you can't think your way through this. So you can't think your way out of it. You can't think your way through it. You just have to go through it. And for the five, right, be ready for that flood of emotion that might come a few days or weeks after. Mm-hmm. Be prepared. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. In fact, I talked to a five 
we had on the show. Oh, gosh. Remember, he was a professor. His name is eluding me now because it's probably 200, 250 shows ago that we did this one. <laughs> but uh, he remember he was talking, he wrote a book about his dog dying. And the name of the book was The Grace of Dogs. And it, it was about how his kids and his wife grieved terribly. Oh, when the yeah, died. yes. Yeah, yeah. And he was just watching them and, and sort of analyzing and thinking it was very interesting mm-hmm. how people were so connected to this dog. And, you know, he didn't have those feelings. And remember he said about a month later he was doing something mm-hmm. and suddenly the memory of the dog came back and he lost it. And it was a month later, man. Yeah. Yeah. And like and so yeah, I think these are the kinds of five things that fives have to be aware of, but also to be open to it coming up unexpectedly, which mm-hmm. is something that fives don't like. Right. Yep. Sixes. Yes. You know, uh, sixes are great in crises like this, and people laugh in a way and say that's because they've been preparing for it. You know, worst case scenario thinking. Yeah, maybe, and that can come in really handy mm-hmm. in a situation like this. Right now. They're going to be very community-oriented and supporting the community in a time like this, right? Mm -hmm. And they're also going to maybe start to kind of go into a space of thinking about other worst-case scenarios happening under the stress of it all, right? Mm -hmm. Now, I think what they need to work on is needing or reclaiming their faith in God, in themselves, uh, uh, as they mm, face grief, that they can do it. That they they don't need to really turn their attention too much towards authority figures who they think might be doing it more correctly than them, mm-hmm. right? Uh, I I think they can really inspire other people and be anchors for other people in times of of grief. That's their nature, man. They're loyal, and they're community building kinds of people. Are they most and, present uh, in in crisis? I think they can be present in crisis as long as they don't become too worried about the future and start ending living in the future. Uh, what could happen in the future, you know? But the sixes I know in seasons of grief, they're great. Mm-hmm. You know, yep. if they're healthy, Same. they're really great. Yeah. Sixes Sevens? need to remember, though, oh, that, uh, you know, they go to the low side of three and they got to pay attention to what happens at the low side of three, right? So um, I want to just talk about sevens. Yeah. Uh, naturally... I think uh, sevens uh, are going to need to be more present and steady in the moment. So they're going to need to be there. Mm-hmm. They're going to need to allow their hearts to open to themselves and to others. They're going to need to allow grief to happen, to experience it, to not run from it. Um, I remember going to a funeral one time and a seven, uh, one of the, one of the brothers of the person who died was a seven and he was doing the eulogy. And at one point in the eulogy, he kind of told a joke that wasn't entirely appropriate for the moment. Mm-hmm. And he laughed, but everybody else kind of shuffled around in the pews, like uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And I thought to myself, this is a classic moment of where the seven just got too uncomfortable with the seriousness wow. and the pain in the room, wow. couldn't stay with it. And then, uh, you know, just had to make, uh, you know, delight in the moment. Wow. Very common for sevens. And they just have to watch themselves. Like, can I be here now? Can I not try to run away from the pain that's here right now? Mm-hmm. Can I bring um, a uh, not toxic positivity, but a kind of hopefulness mm-hmm. to the conversation um, that's happening among loved ones mm-hmm. in times of grief? So bringing hope. Mm-hmm. It's different than bringing optimism. Yeah. 
or toxic positivity. Yeah. It's like hopefulness. Yeah. You know, you know, I think that can be, um, and really joy. I, it's like, for and me, joy. joy is such a strength and it. And joy is always appropriate. Whereas some of those other things you talk about, you know, they, they aren't always appropriate, but yeah. I don't think happiness is appropriate. Yeah. You know, when you were talking earlier, I mean, we're not always thinking about the language. Yeah. Know, I know, I know what we mean, but it's like joy that my mom had a long life. Yeah. Not happiness. Happiness yeah. is, yes. I mean, I, I, I'm all in favor of happiness. Okay. Yeah. I think it's great to have good feelings. Mm -hmm. uh, at, you know, in a, any given moment, I'm all in favor of happiness, but mm -hmm. you know, I think in times of grief and joy is what we're after, which is the ability for these feelings of gratitude and, uh, mm -hmm. that can, that can exist or coexist in the presence of Again, sadness. Yeah. Yes. That's right. You know? Yeah. All right. Eights. Yes. Talking about eights. All right. Now, what are they going to need? They're going to need to allow their own vulnerability and their softer feelings, namely sadness, right? Um, they're they're going to need to know that these aren't, this isn't weakness, mm -hmm. right? So uh, what I'm going to encourage AIDS to do is to adopt real kindness toward themselves, to not be self-battering, but to really practice a, uh, a mind that is innocent and coming freshly to the situation and then inspiring others in the strength to have a, a positive future. They can be real anchors in, in that time. Right. Um, but again, just, just not confusing vulnerability with weakness or trying to um, control or trying to control. Yeah. yeah. I think or I know getting, an, an, anyway, yeah, I know an eight who experienced a situation like this where they try to control others emotions in their you know their time of grief or if they're not able to able to pull it together yeah yeah you know we had an, uh, an eight at this deal and i can now that you've you just triggered a memory for me it the this eight was like very uh like sort of like well, we don't have time for these feelings we have to do x y and z right yeah okay and you know we were all standing around at the in front of this uh i don't know the office at the grave at the cemetery and we had to get to the grave site which was about a quarter of a mile away and they started hurting us man yeah mm -hmm. we're all hugging and talking and needing to be with each other and they're like mm -hmm. okay people all right, we got to get you know instead right. of let this moment be what this moment is and it was yeah. more like they took on the role of a staff sergeant yeah trying to move the troops yeah and it was a it was a little pushy a little bossy in yeah. a way that didn't feel great all right nines yes all right you're going to, I think, need to allow, um, again, like I think uh, threes and sevens, uh, you know, allow for feelings. I think you do a pretty good job at it, but sometimes you might merge with the group and ignore your own, mm -hmm. right? Personal feelings. Um, time to focus on your own process. Remember that you're that you matter and that your needs and feelings matter. You might need to tell people that you can't, like with twos, dude. You might not be able to attend to everybody else's feelings and mm -hmm. needs. You might need to take time for you to do that for yourself. Mm -hmm. But one of the beautiful things that that twos do is there's like sixes. They do such a wonderful job of bringing the group together. They do it for a different reason. But you said beautiful so thing good. like twos do. You mean nines? What did I say? You said a beautiful thing. One of the beautiful things twos do. I, what I meant to say is like, like twos, like twos, yeah, like twos, right? You know, nines do a great job, uh, and like sixes yeah. of of uh, bringing 
people together yes. uh, in a way that is uh, fantastic. I think our people understand. I might sure. have said that wrong, but whatever. Yeah. Um, so anyway, we could say so much more about each of these, but I just want, I mean, I guess maybe the big lesson here is that every everybody grieves differently. Mm-hmm. Everybody, you know? Uh, I even see I grieve differently than my sister, than my brothers, you know? My grief is, as you know, it has a different quality, a different texture, you know, a different color than that of of other people, and just being okay with it, mm. you know. You know, in a strange way, Anthony, I kind of feel like I haven't had very many feelings about my mom. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we were at the the funeral service itself, you know, there was some, but not not a ton. And I think part of it is we, you know, my mom, you know, in a lot of ways. You know, we kind of lost her a year and a half, two years ago to dementia. And so I, you know, I kind of was like, you know, she's kind of already been gone a while. Uh, And and what we're saying goodbye to here, too, is her body and her voice. But in terms of her personality and her, she just wasn't cogent anymore. And, you know, cognition was gone. I think maybe down the road, what the, the grief will be about is my getting older. You know, I've lost both my parents now. Um. And, you know, there are other things that come with other grief in, inducing things that come when, you know, your, your last parent dies. Anyway, I hope this is helpful for people. I'd say one more thing that I had a therapist tell me that grief is a kind of hurt. Mm. And so, you know, I would just encourage people to welcome the process, however it comes whatever type yeah. you are and don't and don't assume that there that your way mm-hmm. isn't the right way right yeah so it's not just that we can't judge others we can't judge ourselves for the way that we grieve yeah that's good you know i could look at myself right now and kind of think you're kind of being heartless how come you don't haven't had a big cry session and how mm-hmm. come you know you haven't felt like deep sadness i just haven't yeah yeah. I just haven't. Yeah. Now, and part of that may be too, Anthony, is that, I mean, I did a lot of therapy around mom. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, I had a yeah. very complicated childhood. And my mom, for all of her big and funny personality and all the funny stories I could tell about my mom, was a very complicated person. Mm-hmm. And I had very, I had a very complicated relationship with mm-hmm. her. Um, she was a very entertaining person, uh, but she was not always a very entertaining mom. Yeah. What made her funny to the crowd was not all that funny at home. One you of know my, what I mean? One of my, this, I'm identifying with what you're saying because when a, a dear friend of mine lost his dad, he was the same way. He was a big bag of mixture. He was very abusive, uh, but he also provided a lot of opportunities for my mm-hmm. friend. And, you know, he had dementia at the end and, and, and it, my friend was like, it's best that he's gone for everybody. Yeah, that's um, how I felt. Yeah. And and then he you know he did he felt a couple of things a week later that he he wasn't expecting but he still thinks it's best and you know it's like yeah we all grieve in different ways his his siblings were different than he was. Yeah. So And I think there are different degrees of grief, you know. Yes. Like there you know you know, if, if someone dies at 40 in a car accident, leaving five kids behind, yeah. it's different than when a 95 year old parent goes, you know, and in my mind, that's right. Right. Uh, and maybe and for other people, maybe not, I don't mm-hmm. know. It's mm-hmm. just, again, you know, don't judge, don't, don't make uh, any determinations based on your own experience. We all, we all grieve and we all need mm-hmm. other people when we grieve. 
to differing degrees. And uh, it's just part of the human condition. It's part of the mm-hmm. animal condition too. You know, we know that that many animals grieve mm-hmm. as well when when there's a mm-hmm. loss. So I've enjoyed the conversation. Yeah, thank it's been you. It's an good. important one. I'm glad we got to share it with our our wider audience today. Yeah, me too, brother. And listen, wider audience, we love you. Hope this has been helpful. May you have love. May you have joy. May you have peace. May you have healing. And may you have rest. Until next time.